It's time to place your bets. Let's talk to the pros. Welcome in, everybody, to Betting Pros. It is me, Joey P., Joe Pizzapia, and the NBA playoffs are upon us. So who better to break it all down than our own Mike Randall of Fantasy Pros. Now, Mike, I know it's a little different format than some of us old-timers like me at least are used to in terms of the way the playoffs have run. We've got a little bit more extra playoff run here. We're going to break down those play-in games and then a little bit of playoff futures as well. So, Mike, before we even start here today, I want you to set the stage, if you will, for what's going to happen here over the next 24, 48 hours with these play-in games in the schedule and how you basically see these games flushing themselves out. Joe, this is fantastic. So the NBA has added these games for more excitement, more game, more fun, more betting opportunities is what this is. So tonight we have the two seven, eight battles. The winner of the two games tonight are the seven seeds, the seven seeds in the Eastern and the Western Conference. Then tomorrow we'll have teams nine versus teams 10. And those teams, the winner of those games will go against the loser of tonight's game, for the eighth seed. So if you win today, not only are you in, you are locked into the seven seed. So basically what we've done is taken the last two seeds in each conference and we've turned them into four teams battling for two spots over the next couple of days. And if they end in a tie, then it's a rock, paper, scissor tournament to the death. I believe always that's the rock. Always the rock. Always. Yes. <laughs> there you go. So right now, so you've got tonight, the two, seven and eight seeds are going to battle. We got Brooklyn nine and a half. Uh, over Cleveland right now, that minus 180 at FanDuel, Minnesota minus three, uh, and that's a minus 110 at the, uh, excuse me, versus the LA Clippers on DraftKings. So the winners of those seeds, again, that's what we're looking for today. Now let's start with this first one. Let's start with Brooklyn versus the Cleveland Cavaliers. Brooklyn nine and a half point favorites here in this one. The over-under is 227. So walk me through your thoughts on Brooklyn. Uh, heavy favorite in this one. How do you see this one shaking out? Joe, you know this in all the other sports, that the public, when they bet, they overrate the stars. I understand that the NBA is a star-driven league, but every team has stars. I think the public is overreacting to Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving way too much here. The Nets have not been good against the spread all year long. Yes, in the beginning, it was Harden and Durant, and then one of them was out, and then Kyrie was back, but he couldn't play in the home games, etc. I don't care. I'm at the show me point here with the Brooklyn Nets. 32, 48, and two. The Nets are 40% against the spread, second worst in the NBA. 931 and one, 22 and a half percent winning percentage against the spread at home. Yes, Joe, that's the worst in the NBA. And 526 and one, 16% against the spread as a home favorite. That also is the worst. Yet people are backing the Nets tonight like they did on Friday against the Cavs. Cavaliers do not have Jared Allen. The big man inside does a tremendous job. Double-double machine. He has a finger injury he is still dealing with. And the Cavs are just 19 and 17 without him. However, when they played last Friday in Brooklyn in a game both teams had to have because the players were not definitively determined at that time, they were losing the Nets going into the fourth quarter by five points. So the Cavs should be very confident tonight. No Goran Dragic for the Nets because of COVID. Seth Curry's going to play, but he has an ankle injury. The Nets with the two players on the floor, Durant and Kyrie, 11 and 6 overall. 
I think the key to this game, Joe, is Karis LeVert. Little revenge spot here against the Nets. He played fantastically well against them last Friday, but then he got his fifth foul with 11 minutes left. He had a sit, no surprise, outscored 33 to 19. Cavaliers were after that point. As long as there is no foul trouble, I think the Cavs are live here. I am taking the Cavaliers plus now nine and a half going against a Brooklyn team that has struggled on defense. This game also, I think, tends to the under. It's not a surprise to you or anyone that playoff basketball, playoff games tend to go slower and go to the under. That's Mm -hmm. what I'm doing here. Cavaliers, a natural match, my friend. The under and the underdog. Give me the Cavs plus nine and a half, minus 108 in FanDuel, and give me the under here at 227. There you have it, Mike Randall. Going against the Brooklyn star power. I like it, Randall. I like it. And you make a lot of good cases for Cleveland in this game. Absolutely. And one game is just that. At the end of the day, it's one game. We saw certainly saw that play out in the NCAA tournament, as it always does over there. So sure. uh, Mike is on the side of the Cavaliers in that plus nine and a half again. And uh, that's the under, in case mm-hmm. you're paying attention at home, for 227. So Look at you, Mike Randall. I hope this comes in. Very good arguments here for Mike Randall on the Cleveland side. Let's go to the next game here. Let's talk about Minnesota. This one's a lot tighter on the board, at least. We have Minnesota up, uh, excuse me, two and a half point favorites here versus the Los Angeles Clippers. You can get this at minus 112 over on the FanDuel side. The over-under for this game is 230 and a half, and that's minus 110 on DraftKings. So, Mike, walk me through Minnesota and the Clippers tonight. The Clippers are a different team, Joe, than most realize because now Paul George is back. He had been out with an injury in his elbow for the long part of the, the season. They're now 4-1 and one since his return. Ty Lue is a very good coach. So now you have Minnesota that has lived on offense. They can score. Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, D'Angelo Russell. They can post points, but their defense is not great. I am going to go with the Clippers here, which a lot of the Sharps are getting the points. This was at three and a half. It's now down to two and a half. Timberwolves, 42, 38 and two, 52% this year against the spread, but they have not covered eight of their last 10. Clippers are 40, 41 and one against the spread. So about 500, but they played most of the year without Kawhi and of course, Paul George. George is back. He's the tough matchup. And what I like about this game, and this leads into some props I like as well, that the Clippers have been able to limit Carl Anthony Towns, the big man for the Timberwolves. He is only averaging, Joe, 15 points a game this year. He's a 25, 26-point-per-game player because Ty Lue has schemed him out. They will guard him with fours. They will double him. They will make other players beat them. And on the other side, I think Paul George can take this game over. Paul George has made five or more three-pointers in three of his last five games. His shooting looks good. He's attacking the basket. He's creating open shots. And the Timberwolves on defense, they are not good. What they do is they overcommit to the screens, they're aggressive, and they give up kicks and three-pointers at an alarming rate. So look for Reggie Jackson, look for Nicholas Batum, look for George to light them up from deep. I think the Clippers are the better team here. The only concern I have here would be foul trouble for George, which he probably shouldn't get into. And on the flip side, Carl Anthony Towns, five fouls in four of his last five games. So this is a young Wolves team. They're inexperienced. The Clippers are experienced. They've gone through this situation before. Veteran team, George is back. Timberwolves have not been good on defense Fifth worst defensive rating in the last seven games. Clippers are top 10 during that time, have really started to come together. Clippers have made 18 three-pointers per game in their last seven, so I think they light up here again. 
Clippers have done well against the Timberwolves all year. I'm going to stay with them here on the road. I know we get nervous because it's the Clippers and they always find a way to blow it. But now that Georgia's back, they're four and one. I think they're going to score. And I love their defense. If this game is a track meet and goes up and down the floor, the Timberwolves are going to win. It's rare that that happens. It's rare that it happens against such a good coach like Ty Lue. It's rare that it happens here with a veteran team like the Clippers. I think they control it. This game stays under 230. You're getting a high number, 230, 230 and a half. Because the Timberwolves run up and down the floor, I'm taking the Clippers. Again, tethering, Joe, the under <laughs> with the underdog. Clippers with the points and the under here to win outright against Minnesota. There he goes again. Two games, two unders, two underdogs. So let's fast forward to tomorrow night instead. we got Atlanta, four and a half point favorites for Charlotte. Uh, minus 110 over on DraftKings. Now, Atlanta has certainly, you know, showed a lot down the stretch for you. Do you think it carries over into this game against Charlotte? Yeah, I think it does. I the Char Charlotte has not shown me much. They're king of the little people. They've had wins down the stretch over Orlando, Washington, and a free fall in Chicago team. They were then blitzed by 30 points against Miami and Philly. So once the Hornets see anyone of a decent level of play or better, they just don't play well. Atlanta's a savvy team. Don't forget they're running the playoffs last year, Joe. Trey Young with magic. They beat the Knicks. They beat Philly. They took the Bucks to six as well. They don't have John Collins, who is injured, but they do have the seventh best record at home in the league against the spread. I don't trust Terry Rozier in a big spot on the road shooting threes for Charlotte, and they are a sieve in the middle. The book here with props all year has been betting the opposing big man against the Hornets inside. Jared Allen, who's playing for Cleveland, I just mentioned, went 24 and 22 against them earlier this year. I think Clint Capella has a field day. Do I think a young Charlotte team that turns the ball over, struggle on defense, is going to go into Atlanta, a veteran team that made a good run last year? People were talking about them as an NBA champion future, and they're now yeah. playing hot. I don't think that's going to happen. I like Atlanta here. I will lay the points. Charlotte, good run, made the playoffs. Lamella ball, exciting. Too many turnovers for me. Hawks at home covering this game. So the youth, not enough matching up against the experience no. of the Atlanta Hawks. So Mike's on the four and a half side of Atlanta in this one. Let's go to the next one on the board here, which is San Antonio plus five at New Orleans, minus 110 over on the DK side. The Spurs and Pelicans uh, over under number is 228. So do you think that this is San Antonio's opportunity or do you think New Orleans takes this? I think it's two different teams here. Popovich has the Spurs playing tremendously well down the stretch. DeJounte Murray, their star guard, has been out with a mysterious illness, has not stopped the Spurs at all. They've won nine of 11 here, and they've covered nine of those 11 games as well. The Spurs are 23-16-2 against the spread on the road. Eighth best defensive rating without DeJounte. It's almost, Joe, like Pop said, we don't have Murray. We want to make a run here, so we're going to have to commit to defense. Now Murray is back. He played on Sunday, got the, the webs off. He looks really refreshed and replenished. They're going against the Pelican team that is 10-5 to the under as a home favorite. So the Pelicans, who like to run, are going to slow it down. We're slowing it down again because of playoff basketball against a hot Spurs team. Spurs are 19-12-1 to the under on the road, so points are more valuable when you project a lower-scoring game. I think that's what this is. Five points is too much. Murray is back. They're going to have matchup problems here with the Pelicans, who with C.J. McCollum, who's come over from the Trailblazers, have played well, but have been inconsistent here. Spurs are hot with the points. The better coach. 
Brandon Ingram for the for the Pelicans may or may not play. Has a hamstring injury. Hasn't played the last couple games. Too many question marks. I think Spurs can win this outright. I will gladly take the five here. And looking mm. at an under another close game pop in the playoffs, I'm going to take him with the points every time. Classic Popovich too, right? Just game plan for whatever talent you have. And then make sure you get everybody healthy for the playoffs. That sounds about right to me. Just get in and then wreak havoc. That's what he's always done. It's worked out pretty well for him in that career. That's for sure. All right, let's move on now to some NBA futures. Let's talk about winning the Eastern Conference. Give me your take on the East and how it shapes up, Mike. Yeah, the Eastern Conference is interesting because there are some teams that I just don't like, Joe. The idea that Mm -hmm. the Nets are here as the second favorite team to win the East is laughable to me. They haven't played well all year. You can't just flip it on like this. You have Kyrie back. You have Durant. They're taking the majority of the shots. They have Dragic and COVID protocols, and people are grabbing them to win the East. Forget it. And the same for me, Joe, with the Sixers. We've seen James Harden, king of the regular season, struggles in the postseason. This is Doc Rivers, who struggled in the postseason. It's James Harden, who struggled in the postseason. No interest in either of those teams. People are going to get excited if Ben Simmons comes back from the Nets. Based on what? Ben Simmons had a terrible playoff last year. He has not played. He battled some issues off the court as well, which, of course, we support him. But it's hard for me to get behind the Nets or the Sixers in this situation. Too many moving parts. And even Joel Embiid, who was talking about being the MVP down the stretch, Jokic seems to have have gone past him and is now the favorite to win the award. So the third way I'll start in the East is two teams I am not betting, the Nets and the Sixers. Forget both of them. So where's the value? Like the old where's the beef commercial in the 80s? <laughs> Let's start with the Bucks. You can get the Bucks as the Eastern Conference champion at plus 350 on DK. Veteran team, healthy, well-coached, has gone through it before, has pretty much home court except against Miami. Love that value. I hate betting the favorites. We talked about this with the NFL show we did a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. I don't like the favorites, but certainly here, plus 350 for the Bucks. I think you can look at it. You look at Miami. I got Miami Joe a few months ago at 22 to one to win the NBA title. They're now down to 10 to one. You can still get them as the number one seed at plus 475. So you're almost getting five to one in the number one seed. That's because no one knows who's going to win here because they're all bunched up. Celtics, Nets, everyone's bunched up. I will grab them, no problem. And of course, Joe, you want a long shot. Let me give you a long shot. How about the Toronto Raptors? The Raptors are 3-0 and here against the Bucs this year. They're 2-1 and with two overtime wins against the Heat. And we have this whole thing, which I'm sure you know about, that, of course, the Sixers are now going to Toronto, and Matisse Thibault is not vaccinated, so he can't play there. The Celtics didn't want to play the Raptors either because someone on there is not vaccinated either. So just another advantage for the Raptors and Nick Nurse, a great coach at home. You can get them at 40 to one. Are they a long shot? Absolutely. But the Raptors have won 14 of their last 20 games, two wins over Philly. I like Toronto as a long shot and I like the Bucks and the Heat in the Eastern Conference. Any uh, thoughts on the Western Conference while I got you? Yeah, the Western Conference to me is pretty much the Suns, and and they are only at plus 117, but they've looked so good, Joe. Even since Chris Paul has been out, they've still found a way to win. I thought that maybe there'd be a chance that the Grizzlies could actually catch them because when Paul goes out, I thought they would get closer. They actually elongated the lead now. They are clearly the number one team. They have the experience. They're healthy. Paul had a chance to rest because he had his injury. It's very tough for me to get behind anyone. Doncic is now hurt for the Mavericks, so they're out. 
Nuggets, no way. Jazz are in fighting still. Team-only meetings, and they blow a lead at home to the Suns the other day. They absolutely had to have. Golden State, the injuries have started to, ke- to creep up with them a little bit. I don't like them for the same reason I like the Nets. The players come back, and they have to blend together. So if you're looking for my only other choice in the West, it's a little clearer to me. I am going with the Memphis Grizzlies. Ja Morant is this good that Mm. he could possibly, as the youngest team ever, to win 50 games in a year, the Memphis Grizzlies this year. Their average age is 24 and a half uh, years old for each of their players. Ja Morant is back and could lead them to an upset. So to me, the West is a little more clear cut. There's no real long shots I like there. I don't like Pelicans, Timberwolves. Forget those teams. It's two teams in the West to me. The Suns, even at plus 170, if you can get it at DraftKings, or plus 115 at points bet, I still don't mind that because I think they are clearly the best team in the West. But I do like John Moran and the Grizzlies. And if you look around, my friend, you can get them at 10 to 1 plus 1,000 to win the Western Conference, the Memphis Grizzlies at DraftKings. So to me, there's only two teams in the West. My heart says Ja, my head says the Suns. Young teams are always tough because they – uh they don't know they're not supposed to be there. And Morant is a spectacular talent. That makes them very dangerous, that's for sure. So obviously, you can follow Mike Randall over on the Twitter machine, excuse me, at Randall Rant. And if you're looking to get involved in these games, whether it's tonight's action, tomorrow's action, or some NBA futures, we encourage you to go to bettingpros.com and make sure you look at all the consensus lines because they're all there for you. Find the best spot to put your wager and put your money down. And you can only do that and compare all those lines in one spot at bettingpros.com. It's a place to be. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your pods. And of course, Mike Randall is going to have live streams and a lot more NBA content to come throughout the playoffs. So make sure you are also following us on our YouTube channel as well and subscribe there at Betting Pros also. That'll do it for us, but the story of the game goes on. For Mike Randall, I'm Joey P. We'll see you next time, kids. <laughs>